Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to Culture Night. Where each week we drink fancy wine and watch movies that are in some way culturally significant. I'm Andrew. And I'm Sarah. And we are back for season three, episode four. Mm-hmm. It's flying by. Yeah, this season's going by quick. Already. I know. Yikes. But um, I'm excited to be back. I'm all, all day today. I've been like buzzing with the excitement mm-hmm. of tonight's movie. So yeah, can't wait. No, not to spoil it or anything like that, but I'm pretty excited about this one too. Been looking forward to it. Yeah. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. So um, again, thank you to anybody that is tuning back in and has been a loyal follower and welcome to anybody that's new. We are excited to have you here and I hope you are also drinking some fancy wine or it doesn't have to be fancy, mm-hmm. you know, or you don't even have to be drinking anything, but yeah. we're just glad you're here. Just glad, glad you're following us along on this uh, silly journey we're on. <laughs> silly. That's the word for it. So what um, are we drinking tonight? Tonight, our fancy wine is from Tobin James and it is the 2017 Silver Reserve Merlot. Mm, a good Merlot. Let's give it a smell. Can I get some like earthiness there? Like almost like a little bit of tobacco on the nose. Yeah. What I don't know what I got, but whatever I smelled was not what I was anticipating mm-hmm. when I. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't smell too alcoholy on the mm-hmm. nose. I'm almost getting like some campfire smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not, it's not a super strong smell. It smells like a really good fall wine. I mean, We're getting it close. Was, There's a little bit of chill in the air. Right? This morning, I was actually cold on my run, despite the fact that it's August. Um, so, fall is coming. Yeah, pretty Ooh. thick. Mm-hmm. Um, tiny bit tart. Yeah. But still some, some like, fruit. Fruity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first thought was that I got a lot of fruit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just... Hard to, almost like blackberry. That's what I was going to say, something... Yeah, or yeah, blackberry, because it's not the the sourness of cherry. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. This is yeah. very nice. So yeah. far, I'm feeling like I've liked this better than the last two weeks. Mm. I don't know if I would say that, but we'll see how how the rest. Well, of you the were you goes. were really high on the one a couple weeks ago, so mm-hmm. we'll see how see how it shakes out. And now. It is time for Behind the Screens, where each week we go behind the big screens of Hollywood and we look mm-hmm. into some aspect of film production or storytelling. Take it away. So this week we are exploring the different types of musical theater. Ooh, good one. as we've already kind of noticed ourselves from just the first three weeks, there are very different types of of musicals, mm-hmm. you know, um, just w- whether or not like the amount of singing, how much storytelling is going on, whether it seems to be super cohesive. So it's like there's got to be some sort of like, you know, label for the different types and so in my quick research um there was anywhere between like three to eight maybe even more different Mm -hmm. types of musical um musical theater uh depending on who you ask so the one i'm going with is from the dramateacher.com oh that that feels legit um by justin cash and we will see if this is uh you know our comprehensive list or if there's maybe some different types that aren't covered in this we might think of as we go along uh, we'll start with the first one, the book musical, also known as the script musical or the libretto, um, consists of spoken dialogue and has song lyrics as well. Um, has a heavy reliance on the script, and they say that there are five aspects that delineate this genre of musicals. Um, the there's an emphasis on character um, and an emphasis on the story. The music, lyrics, and dance are motivated by the characters, situations, and the plot. These musicals are dialogue heavy um, and they speak in a realistic manner and the music is influenced by American idioms. The lyrics which are are poetic are connected to American English and the book uses dialogue that is written 
aesthetic or uh, sorry, realistically. So for that one, I feel like it's a lot like Oklahoma. Yes. Where there was a lot of dialogue and they were also trying to develop character there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I need to hear them all to really think, to understand what the difference is. Because yes. I'm like, yes, that's every musical ever. But I feel like... It, Not quite. Well, I know. I yeah. feel like I need to hear what the other differences okay. are. So let's go through, we'll go through all six then before we start kind of... Uh, mm-hmm putting these into boxes. So the next step is the jukebox musical um, because they have a bunch of songs by a single recording artist. So it's kind of just like a playlist or a, an album by you know mm-hmm. one artist and you kind of play through it um, and they kind of have a loose plot connecting them. Um, the, the plots are often thin and or flaky and the characters don't really have much depth. Um, a rock musical is also like a jukebox musical um, just that it has a whole lot of the same type of like rock songs that um, connect the the music um i think some of the examples they give are jesus christ superstar i think they said one of the lists said um rent was also an example of that not sure how i've never not seen that so i can't confirm it i haven't seen it all the way through a dance musical um is that it has obviously a lot of dancing or an emphasis on the dance numbers um in fact one of the i guess earlier versions of the movie we are watching tonight is considered one of them um also, West Side Story, Moulin Rouge, um, heavy emphasis on on the dance for the dance musicals. The concept musical, which has a it says it has a deep deeper meaning, theme, message, or metaphor, but a lack of a linear plot line. Um, it's but they have like just one overarching theme between them, and I don't really know. They said the the best example is um, the movie Company, which I have not seen. Um, also says like cats and hair can also be. Um, examples um i guess cats i've I've not seen either of those as as well i have not either but from what i know of them i think i Mm -hmm. I think i get it um a sung through musical which is something similar to um hamilton where the entire movie everything is spoken there is absolutely or everything is sung there's absolutely no spoken also like that Mm -hmm. yeah includes lame is um as well in that list um and then one more that's not included in this list that i saw another one is the disney style musical which, like, like an animated Disney yeah, musical, which I feel like is kind of like a different aspect of genre in itself in different ways, um, but also like especially the earlier ones, it seems like they were more based on like fairy tales, mm-hmm. and they're trying to tell a fairy tale through music, music. to keep people entertained. Um, so I can see that kind of being considered a yeah I, genre. D- Disney is definitely its own little box, mm-hmm. but okay. So going with like singing in the rain, I think kind of goes with the jukebox musical. That's what I was going to say. Where it was the same. Artist, I can't remember who. Um, oh, the main guy, Gene Kelly. There's one musical artist that had all the songs. And they, oh they yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Oh, yeah. I don't remember the name. It's escaping me now. Um, but I think that kind of fits in that mm-hmm. pretty squarely in that one. Um, next, we watched Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And I think we said that book. one was the the book musical. Mm-hmm. Um, I last week we watched Greece, Greece, which I feel like is a cross between the dance. And rock. Yeah. I feel like this, the storyline is a B plot mm-hmm. to the singing and the dancing yeah. in those. Yeah. I think it's it was probably closer to a dance musical mm-hmm. than a like rock or anything like that. It, it kind of was more like rock style of that time, I guess, some of the songs. But like Grease Lightning and, and things like that were a bit more fast paced. Um, but I think it fits more in the dance musical. Yeah, I agree. And then we will use this list as for the, rest the rest of the, of the season, season to kind of figure out which type of musical this was like I, i'll think of a a uh, 
Okay. Cool, catchy segment name for it. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I was trying to find something like this, like the the How Noir You Are mm-hmm. um, for musicals, and I, it just wasn't coming to mind. Mm-hmm. So um, I like this. Cool. We will keep checking back in. Speaking of How Noir You Are, quick podcast business. Do we need to talk about how we watched It's Always Sunny this week? Oh, yeah. So we've been watching through It's Always Sunny from the, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia from the very beginning. We started watching it um, right after we had, watched welcome to Wrexham um so beginning of this year yeah beginning of this year just because we wanted to find or find out more about um Rob McElhenney and Mm -hmm. see like what his kind of you know show was actually like um we are almost caught up yeah I believe this episode is in season 14 Mm -hmm. um and they've kind of I guess changed the show a a lot over the time I think they kind of like random ideas they're just kind of having a lot of fun being really creative with it and this latest episode the the janitor that always mops twice mm-hmm. is that what it is the janitor no, the, I think just the janitor, the janitor always, always mops, mops twice, twice. Um, was a very noir episode I think they had a lot of fun like creating it and acting out like as more characters mm-hmm. they kind of broke character a couple times through it, which is kind of funny but afterwards we graded it and it was it was a seven out of ten mm-hmm. on how noir you are score yeah. scale it really only lost points because of no riding the rails it was not made in 1940 mm-hmm. and, and i think we lost two half points for uh-huh. two other things but otherwise it was very well done we were both so impressed because mm-hmm. this is usually our like end of the night show that we watch and like mm-hmm. kind of half pay attention but as soon as it started we both were like oh my gosh so immediately put our phones down yeah it was it was very well done so yeah. props to always sunny for that mm-hmm. that was really cool and meant a lot because we just finished this season yeah to felt, be watching it very now. very familiar for us yeah so that was just a fun little bit of uh podcast mm-hmm. business from us to insert here so um, now I think it's time to jump into Slept On It mm-hmm. for Greece. Um, has your rating changed after sleeping on it? Last week you rated Greece a 5.4 and I rated it a 6.5. Um, I don't think so. Um, I think 5.4 is about how much I enjoyed it. Um, you know, whether or not I would finish it if, I, if it was on, obviously I never really have because I've only ever seen bits and pieces of it. Um, I'm not going to go back and start it you know, from the beginning and watch it over and over again. Um, it's really just mainly the quotability parts of it, um, mm-hmm. from like the songs, um, that I, at least that, that I know. So I can't really justify giving it I think, much more than a 5.4. Mm-hmm. So I am going to drop mine back from the 6.5. I was going to drop it to a 5.8 after thinking about it, but really thinking about the cultural significance of it, I do feel like it's something that is referenced a lot, even still. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think it just, it really started something and although we weren't around Mm -hmm. at the time I feel like it's pop culture is what is keeping it at a six for me again it is not my favorite musical I have seen it a bunch of times but I think my mom really loves it and Mm -hmm. um then like my friends would get into it at different times so I'd see it with them or it would be on tv at something and we would watch the end of it so it's not my absolute favorite but I do feel like it's pretty iconic for what it Mm -hmm. is that I I don't want to go below a six but yeah I think tying in like the the quotability for me it's it's more just like that it's just so entrenched in so many things you see so many slight references to it um like and everyone kind of knows at least some of the songs or at least um has seen bits and pieces of it mm-hmm. so yeah but i still don't think i would rate it any higher than that mm-hmm. um I, I just had another sip of the wine and i got um jelly donut like not quite as like candy sweet as that but it just I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say jammy, but I feel like I can't say, use that word anymore <laughs> because we overuse it. Mm-hmm. But I did get that. I mean, I don't really eat jelly, but mm-hmm. I make almond butter and jelly sandwiches almost every day that I know the smell pretty well. And that, mm-hmm. that Welch's grape jelly or that like jelly yeah. filling, mm-hmm. I can see that with the sweetness of the donut. 
Yeah. Yeah, I get that. It doesn't taste quite as sweet, but I kind of get that that uh, flavor from it at least. Mm-hmm. All right, so you ready for some fun deep dives behind the scenes facts? Some fun facts. Yeah, they're really just fun facts. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of facts out there, but um, I tried to narrow it down. Um, we were, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or while we were watching the show last week or the movie last week, but the, um, the three other T-Birds that I don't know their names off the top of my head that are not... Mm-hmm. Um, Danny and Kaniki, they were actually modeled after the Three Stooges and directed to use a lot of their like mannerisms and I behavior. I feel like they did exactly like a very stereotypical Three mm-hmm. Stooges because we, we pointed it out while we were watching, but it was in fact mm-hmm. like, oh, you should be like this, and not just mm-hmm. they happened to be similar to that. So there was some connection there. Um, the uh, <laughs> it supposedly took a week for them to get the hand jive scene in the gym because mm-hmm. of how, how coordinated all of the people that needed to be mm-hmm. to doing it at the same time. And the more I thought about it, I was like, that's impressive that they committed to it mm-hmm. for that long. But I can't imagine trying to coordinate that many people to do that at the same time. Especially thinking like they had to have people watching to know whether everyone was in sync, but also then you have to go back and rewatch the film to know. And like, it's not as instant as being like quickly rewind this and mm-hmm. see like if someone was w- missed it or, or we'll fix that in post and like edit it so they work quite in sync or something. You'd literally go back, oh, no, we went back, watched the film, like projected on this thing, and now we have to go back because these four people weren't quite in sync. Mm-hmm. It's been crazy. Yeah, as dedication to a dance number, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so uh, Olivia Newton-John's out black, all black outfit. Apparently she was the one that had the pants mm-hmm. and was like, I want to wear these in this. So she's the one that brought them about, but they were so tight that she had to be sewn into them and then rip them off every day oh to get gosh. them to fit correctly. So I, I don't know that she wore that off at a ton because apparently mm-hmm. they nailed down that last number in one day. Like that was pretty quick, mm-hmm. but I guess all the other scenes on that, um, Ferris wheel, um, what's that called? Funhouse thing. Yeah. Like park carnival. That's right. what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she did, was wearing it through all, the, all of those scenes, but yeah, she had apparently to be sewn into those every day. But it was her idea. Like I don't. Yeah. Why can't you go find a different pair? Right. I one slightly larger. I don't know, but I mean, she looked great. Good on you. Well, I guess here's the cultural cultural significance is that this inspired the scene from Friends with Ross much later, with his leather pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and his some pace facts, pants. Some facts are just you know you just want to choose to believe them. I be- hey, I believe it 100. percent Um. The, in the scene where Rizzo has the hickeys on her neck. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget at what point it is in there. But um, Jeff Conway, who played Kaniki, actually gave those hickeys to her. They were, He was so committed to the part that mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you don't need makeup. I'll just give you hickeys. So <laughs> he gave her all these hickeys, and then she had to find makeup for the other scenes where she didn't say, have the hickeys. It's all fun and games until you have to, to put those to your scenes. <laughs> but they were, they were dedicated to the art of this movie, that's for sure. And there was also, apparently they had... Um, signed like a deal for um, Coca-Cola to advertise in the movie. And they shot all of the scenes in the soda shop mm-hmm. with big Coca-Cola advertisements behind them. And then that deal apparently fell through after they shot all of that. And, or there was like a secret deal with Pepsi or there was some mm-hmm. something there. And so if you actually watch it back, all of the um, things are blurred out. Uh-huh. They had to go through and like blur everything out because they didn't want to reshoot. It would be more expensive to reshoot mm-hmm. everything. But I didn't, I've watched this movie several times and I've not once ever noticed that things were blurred out in the background. So mm-hmm. didn't that happen? Something similar to that with like the beginning of it's always sunny. Yes. Like they had a, a beer sponsor who pulled out something like that. Yeah. I know. Yeah, except like they, they had that and they had all the beers like turned around or something mm-hmm. when they reshot it or something like that. Yeah. It's so interesting to look for those fun little like mm-hmm. 
That's why we don't have a sponsor. Right? (laughs) Just the blank wall behind us. We don't have to Mm -hmm. blur anything out. Um, And then my last note is that John Travolta seemed like he was quite the diva on this for it being so early on in his career. Apparently, um, there was the um, drive-in movie scene. He was really mad that... He didn't that the the end of that song didn't end on a close up on him, and he was like really upset that they didn't end on a close up. It was zoomed out of him on swing with the fifties trailers mm-hmm. running behind him, and he also said he would t- only take the part if he was the one that got to sing Grease Lightning because that was supposed to be Kanicki's song, and he like insisted that he needed to be the one to perform it for the movie. He just wanted to be the the ringleader. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. He also tried to heal the director with Scientology touch assist. So I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to unpack Sounds in legit. that. Take that yeah. as you will. But um, yeah, he seems like he's a little bit of a, a diva. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anyone ever has looked at him and been like, he seems nice and stable. <laughs> You're not wrong. No offense, Johnny, but. Uh, yeah, so those are my fun behind the scenes facts. There's a lot more out there. Lots of fun, interesting mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I'm sure there's just lots more to unpack there too. Um, I think we did hear that like the um, movie was based on, I guess the, theater performance or something yes but it's very loosely based on that Mm because we were kind of confused about how they like made this into a theater production apparently it's like because this was nothing like what the actual theater productions actually like the original theater production was a lot more based on Rizzo's life I didn't deep dive too much into this this is just personal Mm -hmm. stories from other people that we've talked to and I have heard that the the Broadway's versions are slightly different Mm -hmm. yeah so. Maybe one day we'll see it in person and we'll know. Maybe. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> okay. So now anything else you have for Greece? Don't think so. You ready to move on to tonight? Mm-hmm. Next chapter. Yes. So what are we watching tonight? We are watching Chicago from 2002. I am so excited. I'm excited to see what the top movies and songs were from that year. Oh, oh, I was, I know I was, start, I was looking it up and I was like 2002 and mm-hmm. I wanted to just put all the movies and all the songs in there because there were so many good ones. So let's so. hop into our time machine. And welcome back to 2002. The top three movies released that year were Spider-Man grossing 403 million, Star Wars episode two, Attack of the Clones grossing 310 million and Lord of the Rings, the, this was probably the two towers, I think. Uh, 262 million. Those are a pretty stacked year for movies. Mm -hmm. Wow. I believe Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets was number four on that list. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I was scrolling through and it was just like, wow, 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 wow. Such great movies. Yeah, pretty hard to compete with that. Uh, The top three songs, How You Remind Me by Nickelback. Ooh, back when Nickelback was at the top. Um, (laughs) Right? (laughs) Foolish by Ashanti and Hot and Her by Nelly. Hell yeah like i'm shocked that's not number one because i feel like that is still such a banger but oh yeah. man song makes me so happy oh, yeah really brings me back <laughs> i mean because especially because knowing it came out in 2002 when we were like 11 mm-hmm. and how scandalous that what must have been for our parents to hear us 11 year old singing but mm-hmm. now it's still like makes me laugh so much i just mm-hmm. i love it so much and like some of the lyrics that i didn't really understand at the time that i like got mm-hmm. later um yeah classic love that song um oh, i skipped over the movie is rated pg-13 um, I feel like that fits from well, my, I have seen it before. Yes. Have you seen it before? <laughs> uh, yes, I have. I remember nothing about it. Um, so I watched this tell movie. Us, tell us your yes. story. <laughs> but the, I was associated this movie with this memory of we had rented it. And earlier that day I had gotten my braces tightened and my teeth were just 
absolutely killing me. And like when you're getting your braces tightened, like it's not like you can like just take the braces off. You're just in absolute pain. So I taken some Advil, like wasn't really helping. And we were having dessert. So I had like some sherbet. I remember it being like kind of a bluish, whatever color flavor sherbet. And I remember just taking that spoonfuls over and over again and just shoving them into like where my braces were to try to like numb my teeth. And it basically resulted in me just basically drooling out a bunch of sherbet all over the place. So I just remember like my face and hands being so sticky watching this, my teeth hurting so bad that I remember pretty much nothing from this movie. Oh man, I'm so glad that you have a platform to tell that story <laughs> on. So I, every time I hear that the name like of the movie, I think just my hands being like all sticky and blue. <laughs> and tell us, why did you pick this shirt? To you know, really kind of reminisce on this, this blue sherbet memory. For those of you listening mm-hmm. on to the podcast, he is wearing a light blue shirt in honor of his blue sherbet mm-hmm. from 2002 when he saw this movie. Um, so from what I remember, like is Richard Gere in this movie? I believe so. It's a very stacked cast of people. Mm-hmm. I have, I can't remember everybody that's in it, but it's, it's a lot of big names. That's about the extent of what I remember. <laughs> um, so I have seen this many times. I feel like I don't, it's been probably 15 plus years since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And this is also one of the movies that kind of inspired this whole podcast. It was one of the ones where I was like, I want to see this movie again. I'll start a list. Cause I think it mm-hmm. just like, it had just been added to HBO max or something or some service we had. And I was like, Oh, I'll start a list. And so that kind of what started our list, which then tied into the whole wine night thing. And this, I feel like is one of the ones for me that I've been wanting to watch for a while. Um, Cause again, this is one I want to watch as an adult. Cause it has been a really long time since mm-hmm. I've seen it. So I'm very interested to see how I feel about it because I, it's been a very long time since I've seen it, but um, I believe Catherine Zeta Jones, Queen Latifah, mm-hmm. Renee Zellweger, John C. Riley. I think like this was kind of like an era where a lot of musicals were coming out and everyone wanted to be involved with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. But I, this, the soundtrack to this movie, I have listened to a gajillion times. I made up dances to these songs. Not, I'm not a dancer, but like- We're going to have to reenact them for the I could now. not, I mean, I'm, they were different every time I did them, but like yeah. just, I loved the soundtrack so much. So I've all day today, I've been kind of like humming and singing along in this week. Brace yourself, we're going to be just on repeat. Wait. So We're a very musical household. I, I love talking to you, but I'm so excited to watch this movie. I think it's time to jump in. Are you ready? Yep, Chicago, let's Chicago. Cheers. Cheers. Chicago. The Windy City. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, before we jump into the wine scale, I have a little scooge of podcast business for us. Before the wine scale. Yeah. Even. Okay. Yeah. A little quick surprise. We hit 200 followers on Instagram whilst watching Chicago. Like doubled it in a week. Right? We're going viral. You right here first. Look out. Welcome to the ground floor. <laughs> Yes. Thank up. you to anybody who has subscribed. We mm-hmm. are at 200. We are thankful for you guys that follow along mm-hmm. and um, we hope you enjoy what we're putting out there. We appreciate it. You guys make this all possible. Yes. So thanks. So mm-hmm. just fun fact. I didn't want yeah. to tell you. I was really excited. <laughs> it was really hard to keep it a secret. It was actually like two minutes after we finished the first part of mm-hmm. the podcast. And I was like, <laughs> man, crushed it. Yep. So anyways, now we can jump into the wine yes. scale. Into the wine scale. So the wine scale is a zero to 10 scale. It's extremely subjective. Um, it's also heavily weighted because we drink, like all the wines we're going to drink on the show are going to be good wines. Um, so a low score does not necessarily mean that it is a bad wine or that you shouldn't buy it or you wouldn't enjoy it. Um, it's all just kind of subjective. And um, yeah. So that being said, I will go first. I rate this wine a 6.0. 
Oh, I was willing you to say the same number in my head. Could you see it? No, I, no. I never know what those eyes are saying. <laughs> it could mean anything when you're, you're staring at me like. <laughs> right. You're right. Sorry. Why would you give it a six? Or yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. What, what's your score? My score is a 6.1. So we're out of I was so close to 6.1. Oh my right, God. Right, I was, you didn't get, I was willing it into your. Honestly, it was, it was like the little uh, meter was like fluctuating between there and it went back to 6.0. <laughs> I got up all the way to 6.2 during it. I think a 6.0 is where I am. Um, so you're obviously a 6.1. I'm a 6.1. Yeah. Uh, it, I can't drink this yet. It got better um, the more that I drank it. Like as we were doing, filming the, the pre, uh, pre-roll pre stuff, um, every time I took a sip of it, I don't know if you can see it in my eyes of people that are watching it. Like I was just like, wow, I'm getting more out of this wine every sip that I take. Now, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as like the wines from like, like two, three weeks ago. Yeah, um, that one you gave like an eight something. Yeah, I I just this one d- earns most improved for most for the season at least. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I think it was. I mean, from the start, it was more enjoyable for me. It was a little more complex. Overall, I just enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there is no actual scale. It's just kind of a gut feeling when yeah. you finish it, and it was a six point one for me. That being said, as like you know, little thought as we put into the number a lot of times. We've been very consistent sometimes when we've had the same like varietal by the same winery with different years with no like mm-hmm. recollection of the previous season or previous episodes being like, oh yeah, like was it one we were, we were like within like 0.1? One of us gave the exact same score mm-hmm. and the other one was off by like 0.1 or 0.2. Yeah. So there's something there. I just don't yeah. know what it is. I, th- I, I think it's just, you know, you just know mm-hmm. when you know. And if we tried to quantify it in any way, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to. Yeah. It's definitely... um it's definitely not repeatable by any means. But. And like you said, like all the wines are so good. Like mm-hmm. they're, they are not, oh, this is so terrible. I would never suggest this to anybody. They're all delicious. Mm-hmm. Some just stand out more than others. They're all delicious, including our after show black box wine. Not a sponsor unless Shameless they want to be. Um, I will say a lot of times it's very jarring. And I don't know if it's just be based based on like the varietal that we're drinking or the blend that we're drinking. Then going to the um, black box Cabernet Sauvignon afterwards. Sometimes it's very jarring. This week, it's not as jarring. This still tastes very delightful. Okay, well, now I have to take a sip because mm-hmm. I haven't had any yet. I was trying to give yeah. my thoughts first. Yeah, it can cloud your judgment if you've had some black box before you've given your judgment, but it's... It isn't as jarring, but it is a lot sweeter. Mm-hmm. That's my big takeaway. Is I get a more like wood flavor in, in, a, in a decent way. Like, like way. Wood, wood chips? Just like a woody flavor. Yeah, mm. I don't know. It's not on some wood. Not like a cheap number two pencil or something like that, but like a, you know, just a good, like, hmm, yeah, this, this wood, uh, got some wood to it. Um, so now moving Anyways. on. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> moving on from there. Should we talk about the movie? Yes. The movie, um. Do you want me to go first? Sure. I am going to give it a 7.3. 7.3. Um, I think I'm going a 5.5. You don't have to give your reasoning now. We can discuss it as we move through questions and notes, but. Yeah, just unless you feel like you have to talk about it. Yeah, it's just more along the lines of like, and I, and I think it's probably true with a lot of musicals of how often I'm going to go back and rewatch it. However, I also kind of want to think differently, and I might change my, my score even just now. Thinking, um, how much am I going to be humming and singing the songs and like oh, listening to the soundtrack? Because I might not necessarily want to sit down and rewatch an entire musical all the time, like I mm-hmm. would with a lot of movies. I know some people absolutely love that and would do that twenty four seven, but. I think I'd be much more likely to listen to some of the songs from this 
than I would be to sit down and watch it. So with that being said, I'm going to bump this up to a 6.2. Oh, I do like that. I think that is an excellent criteria for musicals. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to sit around and listen to Oklahoma all Mm -hmm. the time. This has been a burned CD in my CD case since 2002. Mm -hmm. Like this soundtrack, I love. I get that. I mean, it, and we'll get to it in a, in a minute of like more along the lines of the, the songs and everything. But I almost wonder if I should combine in my criteria that's very unofficial Ooh, in my oh, brain. Oh, I love this. Work, com- combine like it. rewatchability. I've kind of kept them at two things of like how likely would I be to watch the whole thing versus how likely would I be if it was on, say, like I'm flipping the channels, it's on halfway through to, you know, pick it up and watch it through to the end. Combine those into just like one rewatchability kind of portion and another one like the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that is a good thing to judge a movie by, um, especially with the season like musicals, but even other movies where they have like a really, really great soundtrack that I might actually just, what was that? Top Gun. Mm, Top Gun obviously is a great, great soundtrack, but even some of the movies like Super Mario brothers. Well, yeah. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, classic rock hits at least from that. But like think back to movies like even um, like the dark Knight and Pirates of the Caribbean where it had just like a really good, like, you know, orchestrated score. You did love Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that story? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think my Mm 6.2, I think I'll all, Go ahead and automatically or quickly re- readjust <laughs> Be- that Before one. you sleep on it, go yeah. ahead and uh, bump it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, I don't know. I just, I appreciated a lot of the art of this movie. The soundtrack is, it's just rooted in my soul in nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just so catchy. And, and I think because it is about a time period and like the music fits that time period, like mm-hmm. It's, it's not like, oh, I'm over that soundtrack. Like, it, it has, like, a place. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, just watching them perform the songs after having just hearing the songs forever, like, their performances are so great. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Love it. Over the top, like, in a, in a good way, um, like, dance numbers to go along with them. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. the, the visuals. So well Very done. Very cool. Oh, so well done. 7.3 for me. Maybe higher, but 7.3 solid. Um, so with that being said, let's move into the movie description. Mm-hmm. I will go first with... My description. Um, I'll take that. that <laughs> um, so a woman trying to make it in show business is tries to sleep her way into a role. Turns out that she's been let on guy, by a guy with no con- connections. Kills him. Is arrested. And this whole movie follows her you know, trial and trying to get off and everything. Um, with a lot of musical numbers in her, in her place in there. Showing her, I guess, like what she's thinking and how she's visualizing all these things and um, leads to some courtroom drama in the end. Very good. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Okay. According to the TV, murderesses, 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 murderesses. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a murderer or a murderess? I've never heard of a murderess. Right? Murderesses, Valma Kelly and Roxy Hart find themselves on death row together and fight for the fame that will keep them from the gallows in 1920s Chicago. The Windy City. Very succinct. Mm-hmm. I kind of like yours better. Yeah. But I also, I mean, from a, I have read this for like 25 episodes yeah. now. There's just a good, like, you it's know, not giving out, no, wait, too, too much. much. Um, you find out all of that in the first, like, two minutes. Yeah. It'll, it's enough to hook mm-hmm. me to uh, keep watching. Uh, was the movie what you expected, though? Yes. You've seen it before. Yes. Um, no. I expected there to be a lot of like showbiz ties in there and dance numbers and, you know, 
crazy of the times outfits and all that sort of stuff, all that jazz, if you will. Um, I did not expect the whole murder and uh, jail drama. I had totally forgotten all of that in the past 11 years, 11, 23, 21. <laughs> That's 20 21 years, years. Uh, yeah. 11 my 21 years ago head. yeah like, it doesn't seem right it wasn't right um the past <laughs> 20 some years um oh yeah, god I, we're I so old that. yeah oh my god um, yeah just just sit in that for a second <laughs> 2002 was 21 years ago um <laughs> anyways both those numbers both those feel wrong both like 11 and 21 yeah. um anyways um no it was not what i expected mm-hmm. i anyway. it was 100 percent what i expected the, I, I have notes. The individual part, yes. The plot line, no. Um, how well did it age, though? I think it aged well. Yeah, I thought that it aged very well, given, obviously, as we've talked about in the past, it's a time period piece. Like, it takes place in a time in the past. Um, two things I didn't think aged well. One was the, like, CGI when they were yes, trying to show, like, Chicago. You can kind of tell nowadays where it's like, okay, that clearly is, is CGI. Mm-hmm. does not look as realistic. And I would love to know how 2002 me viewed that mm-hmm. of like, oh man, they're in, they're in 1920s Chicago. Mm-hmm. Was it that out of touch that it was like, it looked good. Whereas now I'm like, Ooh. which I'm honestly, obviously kind of honestly kind of surprised that there aren't like, um, like sets in Hollywood of various mm-hmm. like big cities, like take like 10 of them in like their three or four biggest, um, like eras and just recreate those sets. And I feel like you don't need the CGI to do a lot of these various scenes that so many movies are going to have. Mm-hmm. Like if there's an iconic scene of like New York, okay, you got the Brooklyn Bridge. If it's changed throughout, you know, two or three different eras, like have that kind of like at scale stage somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, California, where they're filming these things so they can go to it without doing all the CGI, I think could be. And even just useful. thinking of like the one scene they had there where it was like a city street with the train tracks. Mm-hmm. I feel like you easily could have built that for not a lot of money mm-hmm. and it looked way better. Yeah. They put all the money obviously into like the wardrobe and mm-hmm. that, but um, the other thing I think thought didn't age very well was a lot of the low light scenes were extremely grainy that we're watching a uh, 1080p version. Uh, um, I don't think it's been likely remastered 2002. Not really sure what quality I think mm-hmm. DVDs were, you know, still around then might've been more 720p then. Um, anyways, I don't think it, it seemed fairly grainy, especially in the low light scenes. And some of them just were very clearly looked very, very gritty and grainy. Um, but otherwise, um, I thought the movie aged fairly well for like plot and mm-hmm. acting and the rest of it. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of that is because it's about a time period mm-hmm. and you can't argue too much with that because it yeah. is set at a different time where things are different. Mm-hmm. I did think it funny, like um, the jury being all men. It's like, okay, jury, your peers, you're a woman on trial for murder, and it's all men there. Um, But that's more of a sign of the times than Mm -hmm. a sign of this movie itself. Yeah. Did they say the title of the movie? Mm, I think they said Chicago a couple times. Mm -hmm. That's Chicago. Mm -hmm. That was the the cheesiest Mm -hmm. of them all. That one, you could tell, was one of those, like, this is going to be in the trailer. We're going to use this for marketing. We're going to put this line Mm -hmm. in here so we can say, that's Chicago. That was almost like the... I'm home alone. Like one of mm-hmm. those, like I am putting the title mm-hmm. of the movie as a line so that it can be in the trailer. That's kind like of scenes. The honest, honestly, it's kind of like the, um, why the questions, why in I there. have that question in there of, <laughs> did they say title, title in the movie? Cause I just love when it's so forced and so like, it makes me so happy. <laughs> I, I know it does. And as soon as he said it, I was like, here we go. 
Um, the title fit the movie. Yeah. Sure. Um, I think you could probably come with something like just show business. Mm-hmm. I even feel like all that jazz. All that jazz also. All the jazz. Yeah, you win. You win this week. Oh, all that jazz. Oh my gosh. Did I finally get mm-hmm. one? Yeah. <laughs> it only took six months of doing this. <laughs> yeah. I think all uh, that jazz would have been perfect. Because also to confirm, this is episode 26. So mm-hmm. this is week 26. Mm-hmm. For six months. Yeah, six straight months mm-hmm. of doing this Wednesday. podcast. Just yeah. saying. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um. Were there any actors that went on to do bigger things? Well, let's just look at who's up there right now. Mm-hmm. Renee Zellweger, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Richard Gere, Queen Latifah, John C. Riley, Lucy Liu, Tay Diggs. Mm-hmm. Shall I continue? Just a couple. <laughs> um, it well, was. I don't think it was a lot of their first roles, but... Well, you missed McNulty. Oh, um, yes. Forget the actor's name. Like Dominic Dom- West? Yeah, it's, I knew it was Dominic. I can remember his last name. Um, went on to be a huge role, obviously the main role in When did The, the Wire. Wire start? Um, it ended in 08 and was on for like five seasons. So it must've been just after this. Dominic West. Um, and yes, 2002, same year, same year that started. This was his breakout. Um, and then also the lady from, uh, the Grinch, she was like the court reporter, but she was also one um, of the, um, yes. In, in the, uh, um, Jim Carrey version of the Grinch. Christine Berinsky. Yes. Her. She also was in this, but I believe that the Grinch came out two years prior to this. So I would say went on to do bigger things. But I think, and I she recognized. was in, she was in a lot of things before mm-hmm. that too. Sybil. I'm sure she was known for more than what And she's been in stuff for. since then. We're probably like the aging good wife, ourselves I by showing this. Um, but I, I just love when I see like minor characters from things where I'm like, you know, you sit in the background or they're not a main thing. And you're like, oh, you know, they're from this very random role from something else mm-hmm. unrelated to it. Just love that too. As Martha May Huvier mm-hmm. from the Grinch. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's the best. She seemed like she was playing the same character here. Just as like I think that's just her, her typecast. She is, yeah, true. Um, what impact do you think the movie had on pop culture? I, I think like a little bit, but not. It's not mm-hmm. as much as some of the other ones. I do think, like you were saying, it was kind of in that era where musicals were starting to be really popular. And so a lot of the big names wanted to be in a mm-hmm. musical. So you get all of these people that want to be a part of it. And maybe it helped kind of res- resurge that mm-hmm. excitement about musicals because it was really well done. Um, yeah. So this is a remake of a theater show. So like mm-hmm. The theater show was created in the 1920s, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it said like 1926. The, there was an original movie of it in 1975. Or I knew there. I knew there was an original movie from the 60s or 70s. Yeah. I didn't look and too much into this. So for like the cultural significance, I think it was more like an, a you know capsule time capsule of like Chicago, especially. I don't know how faithful this was to the original like Broadway show or anything. Um, but I do agree. We kind of discussed this before, um, probably outside of the show, that I think like this era was a big like musical time period this like you know four or five years and especially with ensemble cast it just became like a big thing early mm-hmm. 2000s to be like we're gonna have a whole lot of musicals we're gonna pump them out and we're just gonna get a mm-hmm. whole lot of people big names in there to promote them yeah i mean I, I think it was just one of them if, i feel like the rest of our episodes except for maybe one is from the next like five years from 2002 mm-hmm. from what we have talked about unless other people have suggestions which you can feel mm-hmm. free to comment below but i think from like 2002 to 2000 like seven Mm-hmm. It was like musical, 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 big names, big people. And I think also it's because we were then in high school, like towards the end of that, that I feel like my, the 
the theater program at my high school was doing a lot of these musicals as well. That it's like, it just felt like it was so for like a decade, just ingrained all these musicals. Mm-hmm. And then the, my high school doing the same ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like with Oklahoma, like I know that from middle school chorus, like we sang all these songs and it was mm-hmm. just then, and we sang a bunch of other songs that then were also turned into musicals around the same time. And it was just this like era of a resurgence of musicals, mm-hmm. which I did not hate. Um, I also have to say though that, and I have it in a note later that for the cultural significance part is I feel like so much of this was so like stereotypical America now where it's like you have this, um, you know, super celebrity that like you're latched onto for all the wrong reasons. And then as soon as like, they're not in the spotlight anymore, they're like just completely forgotten. Mm-hmm. And like just the, the way that, especially before she revealed that she had a fake baby, how she was already like old news so quickly mm-hmm. and just how quickly like the news cycle moves on. But before that, everyone just loves the drama and is so obsessed with this person because they like had some mm-hmm. crazy, like she you know, killed this guy and everyone's so in- obsessed and wants to know everything about them. And the next thing comes along and you're like, Oh yeah, I don't care anymore. Yep. It just felt like such a, from the 1920s until at least modern day, a whole hundred years. That's just how America is. Yeah, definitely. We care until we don't. That, you said it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you feel cultured after watching it? I'll let you go first. I don't know so much as feel have feeling cultured as more. I just am glad that I finally have closure on my whole Sherbert story. Before. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I do enjoy that. I like all that jazz. Some of these other songs, like I, I have heard them before. I didn't even know that it was from this until I heard the first opening notes to it mm-hmm. in the, in the beginning. Um, but now knowing the whole movie, I do feel cultured in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it several times before. Like I said, I'm pretty sure the CD of this that I burned in like 2000 something mm-hmm. is still in my CD case that I have upstairs. Like there, there's a lot of this to me that like, I just have always known for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I, I think also seeing some of these actors and actresses that I don't know, I know some of their work, but seeing some of their, like something totally different like this, I feel cultured in that aspect of seeing like John C. Riley, mm-hmm. Queen Latifah does a lot of movies like this, but like Richard Gere and like Renelle's, Renee Zellweger mm-hmm. and Catherine Zeta-Jones. I, I appreciate re-watching this and learning a little bit more about their histories from this. Yeah. John C. Riley didn't sing too much. He kind of like talked through some songs, but I feel like he's got like an incredible amount of range. Especially like if you knew him just from Talladega Nights and Step Brothers. He's got a lot of more ranges. He's in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I have some notes. Okay. I have some thoughts. Well, this was the end of our question, so you yes. can move right into your notes. Okay. I'm going to jump right off. Okay. So my first thought is I meant to say this in the before show, and I mm-hmm. forgot, is that I felt like this was going to have a lot of film noir vibes. And I was so mad I didn't say that because I just feel mm-hmm. like, you know, there's there's a little Some bit of black and white. Babes. There is the dangerous babes. There is the murder, crime and guns. Mm-hmm. There, like the, the I city saw air train, but I don't know if it's riding the rails. Right. Like I, I knew that this was a like crime drama musical mm-hmm. movie. And so I was like, it's going to be a little bit like what we've been seeing. So I think because we've been watching so many of those movies, I appreciate mm-hmm. a lot more from it, having the context that we have had from the last couple of weeks. So I'm mad. I didn't say that in the before show, but mm-hmm. I can see but it. Film noir vibes. Not totally. Mm-hmm. It would probably be lower, lower than that episode of Always Sunny, but but higher than Wonder Boy. What's right, Wonder Man, Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy. <laughs> it always be Wonder Boy to me, Wonder Man. All right, 
Anyways, my next note is Catherine Zeta-Jones. See her pictures up there. See her Mm -hmm. character, Velma Kelly. My first thought when I saw her was like, man, she looks like the mom from the Santa Claus in the 1994 version, 1993 version. Mm-hmm. Or the first, or the original Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. The haircut and the bangs. Oh, I, I thousand percent. I could not. I mean, it was in the first like two minutes of the movie, and I could not unsee it the mm-hmm. rest of the movie. And I mean, and she's like this like sultry murder murderess, mm-hmm. and all I could think was like, oh, all she wanted was the mystery date game. <laughs> Santa Claus. See, that's all you you could see. All I could hear was it's from an episode of Workaholics. Um, in the beginning like one of the earlier seasons they talk about or they they're doing a bunch of mushrooms they're really high and for some reason they come on like a topic of Catherine zeta jones and they sing Catherine zeta jones she dips beneath lasers oh so i heard that on repeat the entire they're singing all these songs all over the top and this is all i hear the oh, entire movie that's unfortunate i'm yeah. so glad i had santa claus <laughs> visually a more heartwarming version for you Mine yeah was a little bit stupider but yeah i just couldn't see it the haircut mm-hmm. they are the same just putting that out there. Um, and then when Roxy gets to jail and she's in her uniform, I just couldn't imagine going to jail and having to wear a dress. Like mm-hmm. their uniforms, their like prison uniforms were dresses. And that's just like such a wild different time sign of the times. I didn't even notice that. I just noticed that Catherine Zeta Jones or sorry, Velma Kelly um, was wearing like her show business outfits. Mm-hmm. But oh, like, they had she a lot had, of like, the bought her, sexy lace underneath. Yeah, I think she like bought her way up to mm-hmm. being able to wear that. But I didn't yeah. even look at what they were wearing. They were all wearing dresses, and I was just like, man, mm-hmm. that that's a different time. Not the than uh, it is orange now. jumpsuit. Yeah, definitely not. Um, okay, Cell Block Tango. I have so many things to say. That has always been my favorite song from this movie. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of great ones. That's always been my favorite. But I also love it because even back in the day when I first saw this for the first time, I just loved the um, – the use of visuals and colors to mm-hmm. tell the story and how the Russian woman is the one that's innocent. I believe she's Russian mm-hmm. and cause she has the white. Cause it's Hungarian, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Eastern uh, European. Yes. The foreign woman that mm-hmm. isn't that is, you can't understand her story and you can't follow along, but mm-hmm. you, she pulls out the white handkerchief, but everyone yes, else she sings in a different language. Not just not a thick accent. Yes. Um, and then everybody else is pulling out these red handkerchiefs and the lighting is the red mm-hmm. lighting on everybody else. And she has the like, but she's the one that ends up getting hung. And just like, I remember processing that as a 11 year old at the time mm-hmm. and being like, oh my God, that is so deep. And it like hurt me to my core of how like unfair that was for her. Mm-hmm. But just also like how well done it is from a visual standpoint of telling the story mm-hmm. when you're like watching these like sultry women dancing and just like telling a story and you're not thinking mm-hmm. twice until you really look and process it i just feel like it's such a well done mm-hmm. musical number yeah i just oh, love it it's one of my favorite songs i still it was very cool it was very hard to keep track of like just a whole lot going on there but yeah i sat down back in 2002 and printed the lyrics off of some like lyrics.com and mm-hmm. learned read them all and learned them all so i still know them but yeah miss those days right i have i there is probably sheets and sheets of lyrics mm-hmm. tucked away somewhere in my parents oh, house man. yeah yeah you, you had to do it mm-hmm. of the times um also this movie back to film noir gave me a lot of the sin city vibes just of all the all the women in the lingerie and the mm-hmm. their outfits and the um, like, like the, the pack of women the bright red colors especially like during the dance scene when they pull mm-hmm. out like the red handkerchief like that felt very very uh sin city mm-hmm. i agree 
yeah, I loved the crossover and I'm, I'm glad that we have done things in the order that we've done so far. Cause I, I think I appreciate a lot more from this having watched what we've mm-hmm. watched so far. Um, okay. Now let's just talk about the casting. So this is kind of where it goes back to the John C. Riley thing. Well, we'll start with him. I had seen this movie many times before and I have seen stepbrothers and Talladega nights, but I 1000% forgot that he was in this mm-hmm. until I was looking up to look up the, like when it was from and the rating and all that stuff. And I saw his picture pop up and I was like, I forgot he was in this. And mm-hmm. the range, like you said, the range of that man is, I mean, it's almost a shame. I feel like he should have kind of started with the stepbrothers mm-hmm. Talladega nights and like grown into this role. But I feel like he was so believable as this character so good and i think that's like the how good that he is is you don't think of this big oh john c Riley was in this you think like this this innocent you know man gullible was, husband yeah, was in this that he just played it so well so well done mm-hmm. honestly i feel like the whole cast richard Gere was the only one that was like a little weird for me he, he did a really good mm-hmm. job with it but i was like i'm watching richard Gere play this character not mm-hmm like like the other ones, I felt like they just really were the character. He was a little bit of a stretch for me. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Renee Zellweger was the very much... Also, her name is very hard to say. Mm-hmm. Renee Zellweger. Yeah, that's why I just called her Renee earlier. <laughs> Smart. She just very, very innocent, but also can kind of play that, like, sultry, like, innocent She girl. still seems kind of, like, derpy to me just from other, like, roles that I've seen. I don't know, I don't know if she's actually like that or just the original roles, you know, first impressions that mm-hmm. I had of her is that... Richard Gere, though, he didn't seem out of place. I just want to know if he was the, actually the one singing for his roles because it I like did also. Like, I wondered that too. He seemed I'll find like that out next week. Really, you know, um, natural at it. Mm-hmm. That I want to know, like, was it actually his voice? And his tap, I, I his tap dancing like thing? Um, I was like, did he just learn to tap dance? Is he a tap dancer? Like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions there. I could see him being like actually have like a big background in like Broadway. Wouldn't be wouldn't Probably. be shocked. But he just such a, like a suave vibe, like. That's the like the original Silver Fox to me is like, mm-hmm. you know, you got Steve Martin, but he's more of a goofy kind of guy. But like Richard Gere, he was he was hot stuff. Are you are you trying to aspire to be Richard Gere? I, I am now. <laughs> no, I'm not shaving, but like, yeah, please don't yeah. shave. Um, got some charisma for sure. Definitely, he definitely does. Um, and like I said, it wasn't terrible. It was just the other people i felt like i believed that they were the characters more than themselves and then my the last person that i really want to talk about is katherine zeta jones mm-hmm. i don't really know her i know the name katherine zeta jones and i know who she is and as an actress i don't know a lot of her other roles but i feel like she was excellent as velma kelly for me i thought like just like how she so aggressively attacked her songs like i believed it as her like character of trying to be really sultry i loved the haircut and the makeup I, I don't know what it was, but something about it I just loved. And again, I don't know I a lot of her other roles. I think I think someone else could have played it better, but also looking at the thumbnail of her actress, whatever profile there is, like just seems very <laughs> she's like so she top. looks so innocent there. I was gonna say like it's like a, a weird like OnlyFans type thumbnail. Um it looks very like two thousands. But yeah. Especially the coloring. But I, I just I don't know. Maybe it's because I know her from things that aren't like musicals at all. Not that, not that like Renee also known for um, musicals, but something about Catherine Zeta Jones just didn't really seem. Well, see, I I remember in the beginning she got better throughout it, but in the opening number, um, when she, you know, first like turned around started singing, I just was like, that's kind of weird. But I mean, well, but my thought though going into this was like, oh, that's right, Catherine Zeta Jones is in this. Like. I don't know. Like she's probably going to be the one where it's like, oh, she just wanted to be in a musical. But mm-hmm. I was buying into it so quickly. And 
I don't know. I, I just loved it. I thought she did wonderful. And mm-hmm. I mean, I thought everybody was cast very well for the, the character they were. And even Richard Gere, like he's supposed to be this like suave, quick talking lawyer that's mm-hmm. going to get you off. And he, he did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe the fact that I first saw Catherine Zeta-Jones and like recognized her and was like, oh, this is kind of weird. But then later didn't seem weird. Maybe that does show that she did a great job with this, that it's like, despite the fact that I know her from other things and don't picture her in this role, she did a fine job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I've never really appreciated until this is like how lost can the actor or actress get in their character that they just become them and you don't associate them necessarily with that role. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, that's just the character. I mean, the gold standard for me is always going to be Gary Oldman because he just gets, he's like a chameleon. You're like never going to like know until he's actually like mm-hmm. just crushing the role. But um, she did great in the fact that I recognized her and then um, throughout the rest of the movie, it didn't seem jarring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well done. Oh, so good love this movie i'm so excited to listen to the soundtrack all week Me too. um i think that sums it up for i have a note about dances but i don't really know exactly what i meant by that mm-hmm. yeah there were some dances in there they, they did some it's dancing i mean i really hope that richard gear has an extensive tap dancing background like that's what i'm hoping to find from this mm-hmm. is that he was like i took this role so that i could tap dance wouldn't be shocked based on what i know from like other actors that are like i need this scene specifically in this movie mm-hmm. This wouldn't be too out of place there. Yeah. Um, All right. You can go on. My problem is that I, I try to write minimal notes in case you happen to read them. So you can't read my mind of what exactly I'm talking about. But then yeah, sometimes, I try to do that too. sometimes I get lost in what they are. <laughs> Your turn. Um, my first note, and this is like in the very beginning when they're walking through the backstage in the dressing room um, with Velma Kelly, mm-hmm. Catherine Dana Jones, is that there was just so much stuff like people. And then she's in the dressing room. There's just stuff everywhere. Like, they gave me anxiety of just, you know, they're just being so much stuff and I, I don't know if that was like what if they're trying to like um i guess give a feeling of like claustrophobia and like kind of freaking out of her like with the uh trying to hide the gun and you know that she had just killed her husband or whatever um but i just feel like so many of the movies especially from this time period they're just like such a feeling of like claustrophobia but just then just like stuff and just you know every store is having all these random like you know junk and, and things not that everybody has a packed today. attic or basement yeah. full of crap yeah i mean it's just like a movie thing or maybe that's just like you know how things look were then but also people nowadays also have just endless supplies of junk but everything felt very crowded in that opening scene i appreciate that but i also think it was kind of like a stylistic choice of yeah. you need to feel panicked because mm-hmm. she clearly just did something with this gun and she's trying to wash mm-hmm. the blood off her hands and she's gonna get on stage and, and she's like, right on the stage and it's just like dancers that you're just like everywhere on that stage and she's like falling all over and doing all that um was kind of yeah claustrophobic uh next note being mcnulty just did not expect him at all i was really hoping that he was gonna have a singing role in this just to see him in that but he yeah. got killed too early especially that. i was i mean again having seen the movie before and not seeing the wire until a couple years ago i was mm-hmm. really hoping that he had a, some musical role in this mm-hmm. that i just had totally forgotten about but yeah unfortunately, unfortunately no. no uh then queen latifah i feel like this like decade was like her like real oh like, she, prime. And she owned it everywhere and like everyone just knew the name and then i feel like i haven't heard from her in the last like 10 years but like, see that's also as we were watching this i was like i feel that way about Almost this entire cast. Mm-hmm. Lucy Liu? When was the last time you saw Lucy Liu do something? Renee Zellweger? But at the same time, a lot of these actors, I feel like, either got enough, you know, so much money from all these big movies and just retired, or now they just do, like, passion projects where it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this movie, and if I only get, like, 500 people ever to watch it, that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. That I think it's probably, like, 
just because we don't see them in blockbusters all the time doesn't mean they're not doing, you know, they're not living a great life. Oh, I mean, I, um, I don't think that they're not doing anything. And I hope that she just... made a living off of this decade at least. For sure. Um, the whole prison, everything about it, gave me some Orange of the New Black vibes the whole time. So I did happen to accidentally see, see this note, but I was also thinking I thought it was being, being really clever, and then I was like, no, everyone knows that acronym. Yeah. They were in my notes. <laughs> I couldn't spout it off to you really mm-hmm. quickly, but I know exactly what it is yeah. when I see it. And um, I, again, I try really hard not to look, and I was trying to scroll down, mm-hmm. but I was like, I was thinking it, I just didn't write it yeah. down. I think this was definitely a precursor to the, the, the nicknames and just like some of the, the drama and mm-hmm. it, and the like, you know, buying the guards off and mm-hmm. that dynamic. And I mean, maybe that's what it's really like. I wouldn't know from personal experience. Yeah, I've never been to an all female prison myself either. But it sounds like between these the that show and the movie that they mm-hmm. there's some overlap there. If TV says that's what it is, that's that's what it's like. I believe it. Um, I did some math on the money conversions. Thank you. That's why we keep you around. So like the $50, $100 in the beginning of like to get a phone call and whatnot. When, um, when mama wanted $100 to make a phone call, that's the equivalent of $1,700 today. $1,723 How to do be you just exact. get that if you're in prison? So. Right? Seems like a whole lot of cash to just like have... Yeah. on hand to give to someone and then the five thousand dollars to hire the lawyer would be eighty six thousand dollars today just to hire him mm-hmm. so like i mean it, is that like because he said he was getting five thousand dollars off the deal so that was like i guess his whole fee for the whole case mm-hmm. i can kind of see where that tracks but that's today. just like to at least get him on retainer it seems like i guess the two thousand dollars is what got him on retainer and then the rest of the because at the end when there, she's in the courtroom she's like well you got five thousand dollars off of mm-hmm. me and he's like and another and ten thousand if you include velma that mm-hmm. like i think it was just kind of like a flat fee yeah. then i would say if you're going through something extensive as this i'd imagine you would pay eighty six thousand dollars in court mm-hmm. fees if you were trying to yeah. get off on murder it's just like you think five thousand dollars how could they they couldn't come up with that but it's when you think about it in those terms of how much money they had on hand then, especially when they're like passing around dollar singles in the, uh, mm-hmm. in the prison. Yeah. That's a, a good chunk of change. Yeah. Yikes. And then we mentioned the woman that was in the Grinch as well. Um, I mentioned the low light struggles with the greeniness, the fact that this kind of represents a lot of America. So my last note that I have is the, our best boys, uh, <laughs> Dave Breeze and Doug Black. So always want to give a shout out to the, the best boys for yes. really making We haven't truly committed to watching the credits in mm-hmm. a while. So yeah, that was good. trying to get back to our roots. Yes. Shouting out the best boys. Back back to the way things were. Mm-hmm. Um, also, let's just also talk about that. Like they got off literally on murder and then just went on a musical tour of the. That's America. <laughs> I mean, it's, is it not? It is. Like you do the crime, you get famous for literally just doing a crime and then you make endless money off of it. If you can get off, mm-hmm. if you, if you had money. Yep. That's America. It is. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. It's the worst, especially, you know, that end scene you're watching and you're like, yeah, this is, mm-hmm. this is America. Foul tracks. Oh man. But this is a great movie mm-hmm. and I loved it. I would definitely watch it again soon. I will sing along to it. I don't know if I would sit down and be like, let's, let's watch this again tonight. This will be a, oh, he went to bed early. I guess I'll stay up and watch it kind of movie. Go for it. But feel free to play this on the speakers in the house all day long. I feel like this will be a really great soundtrack for our children mm-hmm. to be listening Some to. Some life lessons. Oh, 
Oh, I didn't even think about that. How to be a strong woman. There it is. <laughs> I love it. That's the lesson here. Yes. So um, I guess that's it for mm-hmm. season three, episode four, Chicago. Um, thank you for watching, listening, following, rating, reviewing, all the things. Mm-hmm. And um, tune in next week to see what musical adventure we'll go on next. I don't even think we know. And tune in for our deep dives and anything else we figure out in the next week as we research this movie that we just watched. Yes. Anything that we thought we knew and then didn't know and then have to go back and correct Mm -hmm. ourselves. So, um, yeah. Cheers to another week and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Cheers.